Hey everybody, how about that? No intro music. Of course, if you're on the intro, if you're on YouTube, you don't hear our intro music. Or you do hear our intro music now, don't you? Uh, no, because no, I, so. I cut I cut that in later. Never mind. So we should have we should have played it for our YouTube folks because we're it's we not even keep, we can keep that in mind for future. Work. It's not even copyrighted anymore. Hey, it's the Scott and Scott Show. Welcome to Winners and Winers Radio Bonus Edition, college football style. As Scott and I are going to take a look. At every ranked team over the weekend um, that plays, give our thoughts. And, of course, at the very end, we will break down our three favorite picks as we go head-to-head and keep a running total. And I know, Scott, I edged you out last year what by a game, right? You edged me out because I believe I blew a five-game lead with about three weeks left. It was a massive choke job. I looked like the Mets in the average September. It wasn't pretty. You're tr- you're you're trying to run backwards into the end zone, and you just fell on your butt. About I was really the half high stepping line. from I was high stepping from the thirty, but I didn't have Deion Sanders' speed. I got caught at like the ten. That's right. That's absolutely you were but, you were, you were Deion Sandersing it with wet Wes Welker's body, buddy. We were both profitable, right? But I believe you were just a little bit more profitable. I was trying to I was trying to find and I couldn't find the file. I want to say like I was about fifty three point six, and you were about fifty three point four or something like that. It well, was very we, close. We yeah. both we both eked out a small profit. So anyway, good luck to you this sir. This year, rather, sir. Good luck, indeed. Um, all right, so we're going to get started. We're going to do it in reverse order. And by the way, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for downloading our po- this show in podcast form. This is not on the radio today, so we can we can drop f bombs if we want. Scott, I know you're a big f bomb guy. I know we can. We could also throw in the occasional. Uh, donkey of the day sound effect just for fun because why not that's right that's right you know i I'm, I'm so out of the habit of cussing when you and i just did the the youtube shows i would just let it fly and but now that we've been doing radio i'm kind of out of it so that's really the main reason why we keep it running on youtube in the middle of the radio show so we can throw about 60 seconds in where we could just get the curses out there were some, some people in the comment section that seems to be their favorite part of the show <laughs> the gold, the golden minute where where we where we split it up and have to put the in- just us just shooting the shit in the yeah the minute in between exactly so and the, yeah the nice part is I don't have to mark explicit on the mm-hmm. when, when I put it on the podcast like that sounds like we're doing something we shouldn't be anyway this is going to be long enough so let's get to it dude first game between ranked teams Scott one of the few uh, what do we got four games between ranked teams this week I can't I don't know we'll we'll know by the time we're done with this. It's going to be of the Louisiana Rajon Cajuns heading down to Austin to take on Steve Sarkeesian's new Texas Longhorn squad. Scott, Louisiana's ranked 23, Texas ranked 21. By the way, if you're wondering what happened to 25, 24, and 22, Arizona State, they already played. They were 25th. Utah played. They were 24th. And Coastal Carolina, they were 22nd. So that's why we jump into 23 versus 21. So... Texas, minus nine on this one. You got your total of 58. Scott, these Cajuns jumped up and bit Iowa State last year in the opener. Do they have another Big 12 surprise in them? Uh, Well, in this situation, we know Texas in the past, at least with Herman, was awful in season openers, whether it involved the two losses to Maryland, et cetera. But I'm really confused by the spread because Texas brings in a bunch of new guys. They have a new quarterback. Ellinger is no longer there. You bring in a new system, a bunch of assistant coaches who went with Sarkeesian, and UL Lafayette brings back basically everybody. Levy Lewis is back for what feels like 40 years. I know you ended up losing Elijah Mitchell because he went to the NFL, but they still have a solid defense. The quarterback's good. We know that Lewis, 
he might not be the most, let's just say dynamic quarterback in terms of just, I'd say arm strength, but he's mobile and he doesn't turn the ball over. And Texas's defense has had issues in the past. Now Robinson, the running back for Texas is an absolute lunatic who could potentially rush for 250 yards. That would not surprise me, but I like the points here. I can't lay Texas about minus nine when you have a brand new coach who we're not even sure if that's a good hire or not a brand new quarterback who we don't really know much about and Lafayette's very experienced. I'm going to take the raging Cajuns plus the points you. Yeah. I think early in the season, you might want to look towards the more experienced squads versus the teams that are plugging in brand new players. Even if they are four and five star recruits, like Texas certainly has across the board. Sometimes it takes a little while for those teams to gel. Maybe, maybe they can get it done in a half. Maybe it takes almost an entire game. I think eventually you're right. I think ta- ta- the talent wins out, but I want no part of laying this Longhorn squad that, you know, if you think about arrogant fan bases and arrogant football teams, is there anyone worse than Texas is, without being able to back it up? I mean, you can talk about your Alabama fans, but, you know, they, they, they walk, they talk the talk, they walk the walk. Texas, they just yap. They just, they just run their yappers. See, that's the even the more hypocritical part because they can talk, they can talk, but other teams can't do the horns down celebration in response to them talking. I'm going to be doing. I we, we I told you before, I'm going to be doing it all game long. And you should. I, I'm just saying that's another example of why people should somewhat dislike the fan base because they're talking crap about everybody, and yet as soon as you want to dish it back out to them, all of a sudden you're not allowed to at least in game situations for a horns down thing. Yeah, I think that whole thing's stupid. But based on the actual question marks remaining for texas is the defense good we don't know is the new quarterback any good we don't know so until we actually answer some questions i'm gonna take the points yep i'm gonna take the points i'm gonna play i'm gonna play the over 58 small small lean there i think if you want to take another long shot parlay i know i mentioned for the friday games which of course you know by the time this this actually comes out is already going to happen i mentioned maybe if you want a long shot to sprinkle in like a charlotte because they i thought maybe they can give duke a run for their money but I think if you want to go for a three-pick huge payout money line parlay, I think Lafayette's a decent option, yeah. don't you think? Agreed, agreed. Hey, uh, is this going to be another season where we have to listen to the only Jew in the world that doesn't know how to pronounce Levi? Uh, I don't actually, I think it's a Levy. It's not Levy. I think it is. Levy. I've seen broadcasts before. They call him Levy Lewis. How is it spelled? L-E-V-I. It's spelled the same way as you'd spell... As you spell it the other way, but I'm telling you, I've heard multiple broadcasters pronounce it "levy." Okay, that's why I do it. Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna get back to you on this. You can research it. I know how to pronounce it the usual Jewish way, but I'm telling you, in broadcast form, I've heard it "levy" about ten different times. Okay, all right. The same guy that says "bison." Bison. 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 Sure. That with the Z? Haven't you ever listened to the the North Car- the North Dakota State games? I actually have not. It makes me crazy, and I looked it up one time, and it's actually a thing that's there's it's somehow it developed at the school and it came about organically. They, they actually call them the Bison. Okay, don't, I, don't even I, ask me. I'm going to call them the Bison because I can. I so. know, I know. No, it, it made me crazy the first time I heard it. I thought it was just this announcer being stupid, and then I heard it again with another announcer. I'm like, okay, I got to look this up. All right, we're ripping through it right now, buddy. Yeah, what are we, one we're, game through? Yeah, we're one game through. We're going to be like an hour and a half. Montana at Washington. Washington minus 23, 54 and a half. 
is your total. Washington is ranked 20th. They are at home. Montana out of the big sky. What are you liking here? I actually kind of like the points here with with the FB with the FCS squad. I think it's close. My question for you is, do you like Morris at quarterback for Washington? Because I'm not the biggest fan. This is a confounding Washington team to me. I cannot, I cannot get them right, Scott. About the time I buy in, I'm all ready to go full-on Huskies, and they crap the couch. Montana's and, not a bad FCS team. No, they're not dreadful. They're, they're not dreadful. Um, 23 is a ton. I think it's one of those games where... I just think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to. I think it's going to be ugly. I think the talent wears them down. I'll take. I'll take Washington in a, in a small lean there. And if I if I had to make one favorite play from that game, once again, I'm passing on it entirely. But I like the under. Just I'm expecting a good defense from Washington. I have question marks about Morris and Montana has some experience. I think that this team could keep it somewhat close, but that's also why I'm kind of leaning to Montana because I think that if you're going to have a low scoring game that I'm just going to be tempted naturally to look at the under. Yeah, and I I, I think that anytime you have an FCS team involved playing a top 25 team, you have to consider the under because there's a good chance that the offense is not going to be able to execute the way they are used to for that smaller school. I think there are multiple ways to cash the under where there's only really going to be one way to cash the actual spread for Montana because Washington could win this game 38-6 to six, mm-hmm. and nobody would be surprised. And yet, it would still go well under. So I just think this total is too high. Okay, I'm I'm with you there. Um, Indiana and Iowa, Scott. If at long last, Indiana makes their season debut. A lot of big things expected. They're number seventeen. Iowa's number eighteen. Iowa's at home up there, up in Iowa City, minus four, and a positively NFL-like total of forty-six, Scott. Welcome to the Big Ten and 46, baby. I so, can't say I'm surprised. No, no, not at all. It's it's um, two teams that great things are expected out of. I guess it really comes down to fact, are you, are you buying Michael Penix? I actually am. I don't think he has any pro upside, but I actually thought he was good last year before he got injured. And Penix has some pretty good weapons out there. Uh, they brought back a decent amount of the receiving core, and the receiving core last year was very good. So I think that Penix should have some success. Having said that, you can usually pencil in one to two really stupid interceptions in pretty much every game that Penix plays in. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, he definitely makes some questionable decisions, yes. Now, the question that I do have with Indiana, which is on the defensive end, Jamar Johnson was a guy who I loved in college in that secondary. And he reminded me a lot of Winfield Jr. from Minnesota, who I thought would be really good. And then he turned out to win a Super Bowl, and he's one of the best safeties in the league already in about his second or third year. I'm not saying Johnson's as good, but I think he's an impact player. He's the kind of guy who's a ball hawk safety who knows exactly where to be at every situation. And I think him being out for Indiana, because he went to the N- to the NFL, of course, I think is going to hurt Indiana's defense more than people think. Plus, do you really want to fade Iowa and Kinnick? Well, do you that, really want to? I mean, when they when they when they stop and they all salute the sick kids up above the, how can you root against that team, Scott? What what are you a monster? It's not a matter of rooting against. The question is that, of course, Iowa's very very good at home, 
and that's one of the best symbolic uh, that's one of the best just gestures in general in all of sports but i'm actually going to take the points with indiana i kind of just tried to reel you in for the bait and switch oh. i like the points with indiana i think that iowa might win the game but once again it's a very low total i see this game being around 23 to 20 i think it's a one possession game i think it's going to come down to the wire and if i think that's going to be the case i'll take the points I just am not impressed with this Indiana defense. I think at the end of the day, the Iowa offensive line that has some size, I think they just wear this Indiana defense down. They they don't really do anything well. They don't stop the run. They're not really good at passing. They lost their sack leader from last season. I'll t- I'll go the other way. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Hawkeyes in the over 46. I think you can make an argument either way. I guess the one thing that I'm really kind of against Iowa with is I know I mentioned Penix making some dumb choices. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of Petrus as the quarterback for Iowa? Because I don't think he's that good. No, he's definitely got to take. He's definitely has to take a step up. I'm I'm hoping that he's going to turn into kind of a system guy and be okay. able to, and be able to play within himself and whatever whatever platitudes other platitudes I can think of. But yeah, I'm I'm I'd rather have Michael Penix, but I don't like this Indiana defense. That's fair. Uh, that's why I'm looking at the points. I just think you can make an argument that both teams have quarterbacks that don't exactly make the best decisions that you can make. Shout out to Bachmeyer on that interception yesterday, by the way, against UCF, which is one of the worst passes I've seen all year. Uh, but looking at the actual matchup, I think it's a close game. Once again, am I going to bet on this game? No, but I'll watch it. I think it's going to be close. So hold my nose, take the points. Hey, that reminds me, and we'll probably talk about it again before we do our picks. But there's a there's a site out there that start that ranks like all the handicappers from social media or whatever how many of them they they have the stomach to do. Uh, if you are some reason thinking about going through and ranking all fifty of these plays, don't do that. A lot of them are, a lot of them are leans. They're not our they're not our best plays. We've committed to giving an opinion on every game. A lot of them, I'm going to be honest, we're not going to play personally, but we are going to give you our best guess. We will at the end of the show give you our three best plays for the weekend, and those are the ones, if you want to grade, feel free. All right? Is that about right, Scott? Works for me. I mean, I honestly, I can't believe there's somebody that's actually going through and listening to our video and, and ranking us on all, what, 50, uh, really be, what, 106 plays? Uh, you and well, I are doing I mean, sides and totals on all 25, so, so we're, we're give or take. So we're doing a favor to some people out there because, I mean, that's the beauty of the fast-forward button if you want to potentially skip through all the rambling. Well, that's, and we do them in order. So yeah. if you want to hear like our top 10, you can just like, blah, 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 and then yeah, run it out. Mm-hmm. Does it, does it always get to you when people are like, you guys talk too long. Like you have the control, you know, you have, you have all the control about how long we talk. We could talk See, for an hour or we can talk 30 seconds. It's all up to you. I have an advantage when it comes to technology because I know how a fast forward button works with the mouse. And some people, you know, don't know what that means. So yeah, if you think we're rambling on for too long, you can fast forward the video. Hot take, really hot take. I do. I do a tutorial about once a year where I actually mm-hmm. explain how to do it. All right, Scott, number sixteen LSU going up against UCLA. That is going to be from the Coliseum, and the uh, UCLA Bruins are three point home dog here. Sixty five is your total. LSU, are they back, baby? Uh you mean LSU or UCLA? LSU. Okay, because LSU was awful last year. I That's don't what I mean. Really Are they back? Think, yeah, I was gonna say they're supposed to be really good. Uh-huh. I have my I have my doubts. Sure. And the way that I look at it was that people are gonna look at LSU and look at the title that they won 
can we just acknowledge that it, I wouldn't say it was an anomaly how good that team was. That's arguably the best college football team ever. It was certainly probably, an anomaly how good Burroughs was. Yeah, so do I really trust the new quarterbacks to step in? Or not even new, but, I mean, Brennan's still there. Do I think he's very good? No. They have a couple other options who I don't think are very good. The question I'm going to ask you, kind of twofold. One, how big of an advantage does UCLA have that it already has a game under its belt? I think it's big. I think it, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a big advantage that they've worked out some of the kinks. They've uh, had a chance to take it out on the road a little bit. They know what works, what doesn't. Now, granted, it was against Hawaii, but again, Hawaii, at least a uh, FBS school, you know, it's mm. it's it's not UMass or something. Well, I guess that's oh, never mind. Also, also an FBS school, just barely. I'm 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 going UCLA here. I am too. I think they're going to win the game. The one issue I have with UCLA is the fact that since they could run the ball down Hawaii's throats, and you saw how good Charbonnet was with the three touchdowns and six carries, which is just absurd. I still don't think Thompson Robinson is any good as a quarterback for UCLA, which might be concerning against this LSU defense, but UCLA is at home. That defense, even though it was against Hawaii, we have to keep saying that. I thought they were good. This team struck me as the type of unit where regardless of who they're playing against, I made the same statement about NC State yesterday because even when they covered for me because that was the play that I had, I could just tell NC State's just a good all-around team. I got the same impression from UCLA. I just look at this team, and I think this team should win at least eight games. I think this team's pretty good. Yeah, you can watch them do some things, and and regardless of who they're playing, you can tell that those are going to be successful plays, whether it be on offense or defense, some of the things they're doing. Um, I I like where this team is at. I like them at home. I'll take the Bruins in that one as well. You got any thought on the 65? I'd lean over. Uh, just because of the fact that UCLA's defense, I still think isn't as good as we might think from after week one, but I still like the overall progress. LSU's defense was a mess last year, and they might get a little bit better because they can't really get much worse. But I'm looking at the over. I know I just mentioned the quarterback issues potentially for both teams, but I think these defenses will give up a couple of big plays. You know, Chip Kelly likes to play fast. That should help the pace. I'm looking at the over. But I feel better about UCLA. Okay, I I, I agree, and you know, I'm going to go the other way on the total. I, I like you. I like UCLA as a play. I'm lean. I would lean under there. Maybe just get a few more stops. Then it doesn't. It doesn't take many stops to keep you under 65. That's true. All right, um, moving down the coast a bit, Scott. Uh, San Jose up the coast rather. San Jose State and USC. USC is at home. They are uh, minus 14. 59 and a half is so, so I'm, they're in the Coliseum, by the way. UCLA's in the Rose Bowl, of course. I think I said that wrong, mm. but yeah. USC minus two touchdowns and 59 and a half is your total. Scott, San Jose State looked really good last week, man. How can you go against San Jose State, buddy? Um, not. Uh, USC's in a situation where Helton's still there for better or worse. Slovis, of course, is still a Heisman candidate. Is he going to win the Heisman? No, I don't think he's talented enough, but the point is he has weapons. They lost Amon St. Brown, though, which hurts, but they still have London, so they still have some weapons. The, the running game is still solid. They got a lot of guys back there. Having said that, I think this is too many points. San Jose State spent the last year and a half surprising people. Starkle's still there. The defense should be good. The issue that you're going to run into and all the talking heads are going to say, well, USC is more talented at every position and they have the recruits and yes, that's all true. But 
14 with a USC team that I know they made the conference title game. They barely beat some pretty underwhelming teams. They barely beat Arizona last year. Are we sure USC is as good as people think? I don't think so. I like the points here. So are we able to discern anything about San Jose State based on what Southern Utah did yesterday against Arizona State? Well, I think the main takeaway that you can have is the fact that San Jose State's offense looked better than Arizona State's offense, which you can say it was arguably 1A, 1B, but the point is Starkle is actually a pretty good quarterback, and I think that he can find some holes in USC's defense, which struggled last year. The defense is the calling card for San Jose State. We know that the athletes are better on the outside for USC, so it's kind of a battle from that perspective, but... Slovis makes some dumb throws every now and then, and USC with the high-octane offense also just seems extremely disorganized sometimes where they either go too quickly or they mess up the reads or the protection or some really dumb penalties that usually cause them to stall out a drive. I think San Jose State's going to keep it close. Are they going to win this game? Probably not. But I think USC wins by 10. That seems that seems legit. That's That seems about right. And, you know, this is – Again, I can't, I can't stress this enough. We talked about it on the on the radio show yesterday a little bit, but the two touchdowns that Southern Utah put up on San Jose State one was one was a fumbled punt that gave them fantastic field possession. The other one was a pick six that was about twelve yards out, just an awful throw by Starkle. So they didn't really give up anything as far as legitimate points go uh, to Southern Utah. This is a good defensive unit. You said it right. I like I like Starkle. I'm I'm. Maybe I'm just being contrarian. I'm not buying the hype with with Slovis yet. Um, I just said the same thing, so you're not being contrarian. Yeah, I said no, I think Slovis is not, good. not to you. I mean, I mean, just to the nation in general. You know, we're 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 pounded by Talking Heads uh, telling us that he's a Heisman Trophy candidate, and to it's me, solely because of the fact he plays for a Graham Harrell led offense where you expect him to go no huddle, air raid, and they try somewhat, but Slovis has proven at times. He's just not good enough to put up those numbers. I don't know if it's the matter of his just read progressions or whether it's his lack of proper arm strength, but I just watch him play for about a year or two. Something seems a little bit off. He also doesn't seem to be getting a lot better. No, he seems like the same guy. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be a lot of improvement from when he was a true freshman to now, so... I'm going to I'm going to play San Jose State as well and I'll play the under 59 and a half. I think I think the San Jose State defense is going to have a little more for USC than they're anticipating. I think if you want to do a correlated parlay you could because I think if USC is going to cover this game, it's probably going over because that means USC is probably scoring 40 something plus points. Agreed. But if you if you think that this turns into a very close nail biter, I see like 31 to 20. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yep, that's legit. Yeah, I think I think you've got two correlated parlay possibilities there, depending on which side you like. You, you, just like you said, you like you like San Jose State in the points. You play the under. You like USC. You take the over. Yep. Florida, the 13th ranked team in the country. They are at home against FAU. The Gators, minus 23.5. 52.5 is your total, Scott. This FAU team, I, I, this is one of those teams that were kind of hard to get a handle on last year. They were... you. You wanted to think they were good, and about the time you think they were good, they ended up taking gigantic step backwards. So what do we got this year with the Owls? Well, I was going to say, Florida Atlantic's a team that was actually a bit easy to get a handle on, but it was hard to bet them because you knew the offense stunk and the defense was really good. 
So you knew what to expect week in, week out. The only question was, was the offense going to somehow generate four touchdowns? Well, <laughs> so you, knew, basically you knew what to expect total-wise. Yeah, but pretty much. whether they were going to cover the number, I mean, they had... No, some... that's what I'm saying. They were impossible to bet, but you knew what to expect going in. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a team that, that you know, again, they, they beat UTSA, and then they lose to Southern Miss by two touchdowns. So I don't I don't know exactly what was going on with this team. They should be a little bit better offensively this year because they did pick up a couple of grad tra- a couple of transfers for quarterback. That was the main issue. They brought in Nikosi Perry from Miami, who I actually saw live. Uh, he played against Pittsburgh in the one game that I went to at the Hard Rock Stadium. Very nice, by the way. But he was not very good in that game. And if you watched him at Miami, he's mobile. He can run. Is he accurate? Absolutely not. He's an, he's an extremely inaccurate passer, but that's also in the ACC. Now he's moving to a much weaker conference in the Conference USA. I think he'll play p- pretty well this season. Having said that, he's against Florida in this game. And I actually wrote an article about this game a couple of days ago for Winners and Winers, or for Statsalt, actually. I'm not sure which one it got published to. I might have actually flip-flopped since I wrote that article. Uh, I originally liked the points with Florida Atlantic. Okay. The more that I thought about it, the more I actually liked Florida. It's the first game that Florida's playing with a packed crowd a sellout crowd basically at home in about a year and a half. I got to assume they're going to try to put on a show. Don't you think? Are you worried about replacing Trask? Actually, no. I think, I think that Emery's actually just a good quarterback. I think Emory Jones is good. Okay. He can run. I think that he can throw. Then again, you were higher on Trask than I was. I'm more concerned about replacing Pitts and the and Tony from the wide receiver group than the quarterbacks. Right. But I actually like Emory Jones. I think he's good. The question that I have is, Florida's defense because you lost a couple of big pieces. You lost the shoe thrower and Wilson, who was very good last year, despite the really dumb play against LSU. But the more that I thought about it, I think 23 and a half is a little bit too low. Perry might develop into a good quarterback in the system, but I think he'll struggle week one, especially since Florida should dominate the trenches on both sides. I think Florida probably wins going away. I think worst case is Florida wins by 24. So I flip-flopped on my article, but I'm going to go with Florida minus the points. You? Yeah. To me, I just I can't get that picture of what Florida looked like without all their stars when they played Oklahoma. Now, obviously, there is a sliver of difference between FAU and Oklahoma. I do realize that. But this Florida team looked completely lost. And that was a team that still had Trask, by the way. Trask played. Nobody else did. For the record, I know you, I know where you're going with this. I threw that game immediately in the garbage because you have to keep in mind they were also using basically walk-ons a wide receiver. They got some transfers. They got some recruits. It's not the same exact skill position core they had last year where you're missing about five guys and you can't sign people off the street. I understand that, but you also can't use last year as a barometer to say, well, they did this last year, they did that last year. Because it's an entirely new group. I the think, barometer that I have is Dan Mullen's offense, and I think that Jones can fit well into that offense. I just think at the end of the day, with the FAU defense, I think twenty three and a half is too many. Uh, I think you've got another correlated parlay situation here if you want to do it. Um, I'm. I don't. You know, I'm with. I know. I understand why you go back and forth on this because on one hand, I don't think Florida is going to score enough to get to a number that would normally cover 24 on the other hand the FAU offense is dreadful I think Perry's going to make a difference I think he will at some point in the season which is why I kind of 
originally liked FAU, but truth is once I actually learned a bit more about the crowd and how they're going to be in Gainesville in the swamp with a full crowd for the first time in about a year and a half, I got to assume, I don't know if it's going to provide a spark or motivation to kill this team. I think they might be more reluctant to call off the dogs as quickly as you might in another situation. What what surprised you about that? Did you not know that they played empty stadiums last year? Well, they played at limited capacity because Florida had some games. Of course, you had a couple of games during COVID. I believe it was A&M that had a sold-out stadium. So some teams in the South, so I don't want to say didn't care, but they kind of still ended up going ahead. Florida, I believe, had about 25% capacity last year. I thought it was more. I thought it was around 50 or so, but I got reminded of that when I was doing the research, and I kind of thought that they might take it easy. I don't think they're taking it easy with the home crowd going nuts in the swamp. So I think Florida probably wins this game 35 to 10, give or take. Do I think AU's Florida Atlantic is going to score more than 10 points in this game? I don't know. So I can't take the points. So what? Okay. So we got 52 and a half, 23 and a half. So, so the total is going to be somewhere around what? 30, 38 to 14. Is that in, in that neighborhood? So basically your team total FAU going to be two touchdowns. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's just, I, I can't see them reaching that total. Okay. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got him maxed out about 17. Okay. On Wisconsin, buddy. Big bum, game. Bum, 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 They still play that? Uh, They play pretty much every tune you could think of at Wisconsin games. Fair enough. Jump around? Please tell me they play jump around. Of course. You're probably going to hear it on TV right before, the, right when the fourth quarter starts. It's the big deal. Can you feel the stadium shaking when you do it? It's crazier when you're in the press box. When you're in the press box, you can actually feel the entire box vibrating because of the crowd. That's a pretty pretty nice drop there, buddy. You know, when when I'm in the press box at the Big Ten games. It feels pretty good until you think the building might collapse. But, you know, that's kind of the problem there. But, no, it was a very cool atmosphere that I went to a lot of games. They have, a spread, they have a spread in the press box? A little spread? Uh, yes, they did, actually. They would have some... Hot dogs, uh, hot, uh, what they have, like pretzels, some chips, some stuff like that. Cool. All right. Very good. All right. So they, uh, they're they going to entertain a Penn State there at Camp Randall. Wisconsin ranked 12th. Penn State ranked 19th. The Badgers are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Fitty. Fitty is the total, sir. Take it away. Uh, for this one. Wait, wait, wait. Do you own a pair of those overalls? Did we talk about this? I don't. I do not own a pair of overalls. You know, and did, at any point, did you have red striped overalls that you wore? I don't have enough confidence to wear one of those in public. Okay, because you got to have real confidence to wear them and then to leave one side undone. Especially when you get into the colder months, where it's about thirty degrees max. Oh yeah, for about half the football season. Mm. No, I didn't own a pair of overalls. Okay, good enough. All right, bud. How do you see this one going? Uh, I like Wisconsin. Okay, good enough. Uh, now, Graham Mertz, of course, is a huge question mark because if you watched him last year, he was good for about a game and a half, and then everything fell apart in conference play. However, Penn State was really a team of two different halves last year because the first half they were awful. Then they won a couple of games in a row. The offense was good. The defense stunk. Do I think the defense is going to be any good? No, because I think the linebacking core for Penn State is – let's just say a work in progress. It's not very good. They're very inexperienced at the linebacker position. And Wisconsin, we know no matter which guys leave and which guys come back, the offensive line is always really, really good. 
It's the case with them. It's the case with Iowa, usually Notre Dame. You have a couple of teams in there that always have really good offensive lines no matter what, and this year shouldn't be any different. Wisconsin's defense should be good. They brought back Jim Leonard as defensive coordinator, who for some reason hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet or just hasn't taken one yet. I'm not sure why. He's clearly good enough for that role. But the defense, I think, will do well. I think the offense with the crowd behind him at Camp Randall should provide a spark. And Mertz, I think, with a full offseason of prep for this Penn State game, I think could look pretty sharp through, uh, I'd say, smoke and mirrors. I think it'll be a close game. I think that Penn State might have some moments, but I really am not a fan of Clifford at quarterback. I think he just makes way too many mistakes in the pocket. He's also just the kind of guy who I don't exactly trust to win big games. Maybe that's just because I don't remember him winning many big games during his time as starting quarterback, but I think it'll be close. I think Wisconsin does enough up front. I think they'll win by seven. So I'll take Wisconsin. You? Yeah, I think that's right. I I just have no confidence in this in this Penn State offense. They were, you know, like you said, they they finished pretty well, Scott. I guess their signature win was really Michigan. I mean, I guess they beat Michigan. They put up about ninety five on Illinois. Right, um, that doesn't do anything for me. No, no, they and they they beat their their four game streak was Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Illinois. So yeah, that's a pretty weak schedule right there. Excuse me if my, my enthusiasm is tempered just a little bit. And a quick reminder, this is a team that lost by 16 uh, at home against Maryland, and they lost to Nebraska. I want no part of this Penn State squad. I will. Are you as low on Clifford as I am? Because I've seen him for a couple of years, and I don't really know why you haven't tried to go in a different direction. Clifford the big red slog? Yes, I'm... I don't think he's very good. No bueno there at all. Uh, I'm going to go all in on this Wisconsin team. Give me the Wisconsin Badgers minus five and a half and the under 50. I like the receiving core with Dotson and company, but they also lost Fryermuth, who was one of the best tight ends in the country last year. So I think that's going to hurt. I'm looking at the under. Am I thrilled with it? No. Like, I think that this line is probably where it should be. I'm going to lean Wisconsin. uh, And for the total... Since it's Wisconsin, I kind of have to lean under, don't I? Right, you do. I mean, yeah, you've got a great defense and, and a team with no offense. I see 27-20. Okay, all right. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe 24-10, 24-17, something like that. Okay. Eight, Oregon hosting Fresno State, another team we saw in action last week, and we'll try our best not to overreact. Who'd Fresno State play? Another terrible they team. They killed UConn. UConn. Oh, that's right. The the terriblest of terrible teams. 45 zip, right? 44 zip? It was, for, it was 45, whatever. UConn can play another 10 quarters. They're not going to score against Fresno. Oregon, 20 and a half point dogs. 64 is your total. I mean, favorites, you mean? Or, dogs, yeah, yeah. Favorites. 64 is the total. Uh, you're getting that half point there. You get you're getting the hook from 21 if you like if you like Oregon, buddy. Are you are you gonna uh, duck and cover here? I see what you did there. I'm really uh, torn because Fresno did play the game. So you already know that they should be a little bit more comfortable because they already are are up to game speed. Then again, they played UConn. So I don't know what game speed is in consideration when you compare UConn to Oregon. So I still think there might be a little bit of a shock and awe moment where Fresno realizes, wow, this team can actually complete a pass. So I'm curious if that's going to be... Yeah, a bit of a learning curve there for Fresno. I'm going to go with Oregon. Am I thrilled with it? No, as a con- as a common theme for this uh, video right here. But 20 and a half, 
I think Oregon wins by at least three touchdowns. Anthony Brown might get injured at some point during the year, but it's week one, so he should stay healthy for four quarters. Meanwhile, the defense, that defensive line with Thibodeau is so damn good. That defense, linebacking core, secondary, that's just a really great defensive unit. Top to bottom, top 10 defense in the country. And if Brown can get the ball to Reed, get the ball in the backfield to Verdell, and I think that they'll find a way to score at least 30-something points, I don't think Fresno's defense is that good. No offense to them for shutting out UConn. The two of us might be able to shut down UConn if we were on a team. But I think Oregon wins at home, makes a statement. It might get ugly, but I'll be generous. I'll go 42-20. to I think Oregon covers, though. You? I am going to go the other way. I, okay, I, fair I, enough. I will uh, also play the under. I'm going to take Fresno State plus the 20 and a half. I, I like having that game under their belt. Oregon is a, is a team that sometimes has the ability to play down to the level of their competition, regardless of how good they are. And I think the first game of the season is an excellent opportunity for that. I'll take the uh, I'll take the Fresno State Bulldoggies. Well, actually, one thing that you want to keep in mind, which actually might cause me to reconsider my stance on the spread, is the look-ahead spot, which I feel like always goes understated when you're talking about teams. I really thought Oregon would kill this team, and then I realized they play Ohio State next week. I suddenly like Fresno plus the points. Okay. I I got it. You got to keep in mind scheduling. I forgot that. I thought they might have had a bye week in between, but they don't. I think if you're thinking it's going to be close like I did, like it would be 22 do you think the team is already looking a little bit ahead to arguably the biggest game of the season up next instead of focusing on an out-of-conference Fresno State team? Because yeah. I do. Yes. No. So, in, in spite of what the coaches will tell you, they've worked on all week long. So I renege on my uh, Oregon lean. I'll look to Fresno. So now you got these guys watching our videos that are scratching and going, God. They're scratching on our leans. Uh, you know, damn it, I got to keep track. Of, yeah, no, it's once again, all these picks, we're just giving them out for leans. But look-ahead spots are important. Keep that in mind. I do think they're definitely looking ahead to Ohio State next week. 